The first Nazi and uh, former SS officer that I met was not one of the many fugitive Nazis that I interviewed for my book, The Real Odessa, about the escape of, of Nazi war criminals from Europe. He was the French master at my school in Dublin, the city where I grew up. I attended my four final years of secondary school and I graduated from St. Conlet's, a school on Clyde Road in the neighborhood of Ballsbridge in Dublin. On my first day at the school, to my great surprise, I learned that the French master was a fugitive Nazi war criminal. Everybody at the school and many people in Dublin knew about Louis Foutron. This year, I gave a talk in Dublin in the month of May at the Unitarian Church uh, on St. Stephen's Green. It was well attended and it was actually booked out. Uh, there were for many former Conlithians, former students of my school, who were there because they knew I, I had already been writing about Futron and talking about him in lectures I gave in the United States. So there was great interest in what I might say about Futron by these former pupils. Now, Futron was not only a, a former SS officer and a Nazi war criminal with a death sentence on his head. He was also extremely physically abusive of his students. I myself received many a beating at the hands of Futron and also a tremendous psychological abuser. He took perverted delight in making us suffer. So I decided that I would take advantage of the fact that I was in Dublin to present an appeal to my former school, St. Conlet's, to issue a public apology for subjecting three decades of students to having a condemned Nazi war criminal as their professor. St. Conlitz has graciously accepted considering my appeal, and they invited me to write a letter to the board of directors who will meet in the month of October in this year, 2023, to consider my appeal. This is the letter. Dear members of the board, physical and psychological abuse should have no place in a child's schooling, and war criminals should not be allowed to head a classroom. Educators must strive to be examples of integrity, and children need to feel physically safe in their presence, not horrified by the educator's heinous past or petrified with fear of corporal punishment. Louis Foutron transgressed these rules. Far from providing a safe space, he used his classroom to unleash his baser instincts upon defenseless children. And far from being an example to emulate, he was a boastful, unrepentant, and proud former officer in the most evil and tyrannical organization of the 20th century, the Nazi SS. As you may know, I am a former Conlithian, class of 1971. Since my graduation, 
Perhaps influenced by the incongruous shadow Futron cast over my childhood, I have attempted to understand the reasons why human beings will align themselves with murderous creeds such as Nazism. As part of my work, I have interviewed fugitive Nazis similar to Futron. For further details of my work, you can refer to my book, The Real Odessa, How Nazi War Criminals Escaped Europe, Grantabooks, London, Augmented Edition 2022, or read the articles, essays, and op-ed pieces I have published in The Guardian, The New York Review of Books, or The New York Times, or see the documentaries on the topic that I have participated in for the BBC, NPR, History Channel, Discovery, National Geographic, and other media. In recent years, I started to write and speak about Futron as a real-life example of the, in quotes, normalization of evil that all individuals, institutions, and societies are vulnerable to. It was during a lecture I gave at the Museum of Jewish Heritage in New York City that I first spoke at length about him. And I quickly discovered, I was 14 at the time, to my amazement and to my shock that everybody in the school knew that Louis Foutron had been an SS officer, a French collaborator during the war, and had had to escape France because he had a, a, a life sentence on his head. I returned to Foutron as an example of normalization in an essay for the New York Review of Books titled Silence is Health, in which I wrote, Futron struck terror in the hearts of his students, hurling copybooks at us and swearing in French through the stub of a Galois cigarette permanently defying gravity on the edge of his protruding lower lip. I was now tutored in French by a former SS officer. It is what I have come to interpret retroactively as my first lesson in normalization. I often return to the same question. What effect has the presence of fugitive Nazis had on those they lived among? The answer is invariably the same. It means the individuals, and through them society at large, learn to coexist with the one-time purveyors of such unholy ideologies and violence. What we in the 21st century have come to term normalization. Through the magic of the internet, my words struck a chord among former Conlithians up to the class of 1991. Some have reached out to me with their own horror stories about the condemned Nazi who bashed his students. I also discovered online postings from other former pupils about Futron, and was astonished to learn how he continued subjecting his students to horrific abuse up to his retirement in the mid-1980s. Some of these former Conlithians attended the lecture I gave, invited by the Irish Festival of History, at the Unitarian Church on St. Stephen's Green on May 25 this year. A chain smoker even in class, Futron had a Galois cigarette perpetually defying gravity on the edge of a protruding lo lower lip, and he was not beyond flicking a lit stub in your face. Now, I could share first-hand accounts of the violent abuse that I suffered from this former SS man, but my testimony could be questioned as subjective. So I'll let other younger Conlithians who endured his punishment up until his retirement in 1985 speak through their postings online.
and I quote, I recall seeing fellow classmates for the slightest transgression being flung across the room, punched, or having themselves pulled up out of their seats by the hair of their sideburns. To this day, I shiver when thinking of him and remember him with deep awe and true horror. Another wrote, I was terrified of him. One said, when I was 14, Futron put me in front of the class and played the following game. Each item of clothing I could not name in French, I had to remove. I knew pantalon, and then I guessed le t-shirt and le boxer shorts, which worked. I couldn't name any other item of clothing and had to strip off everything else in front of 40 or so classmates. One wrote a poem about Futron. Now he has lost patience and swoops to wrench some slow coach from his desk. I am in his sights and maybe next. Others have approached me since then, including a descendant of Holocaust survivors who had to endure a condemned Nazi criminal as his French master. I am told that up to his retirement, Futron handed out a picture of himself in SS uniform for students to pass around in class. His hatred of France, his bigotry, his boasting how he had to enter France surreptitiously because of the still pending warrant for his arrest were there for all to see. I was a child, only 14 years old when I arrived at St. Conlet's. I was physically bashed by Futron during my first days there. It was the start of many beatings I myself received and that I witnessed Futron inflict upon other students, including his perverse game of making students remove any article of clothing they could not name in French. Coming from the USA, I spoke out loudly to Headmaster Kevin Kelleher about the strapping of children and having a condemned Nazi at the head of the class. My mother went to see Kelleher, demanding the removal of the Nazi teacher and an end to the leather strap. Futron was not removed and the beatings continued. The corporal punishment, I can understand, other times, different norms. Beating students remained legal in Ireland until 1982. But Nazis were a limit nobody crossed even then. More astonishing has been the praise heaped upon Futron and St. Conlet's literature, in which he has been applauded for his, in quotes, mastery, for his indomitable style, and described as, in quotes, legendary and a character builder. Futron taught French using philosophies and methodologies which ranged from René Descartes to the Nazis, St. Conlitz published. The normalization of Futron passed through dismissing his Nazism as simply an appendage of his Bretonism and emphasizing his qualities as a teacher. This is nonsensical. There were many ardent nationalist Bretons who did not feel compelled to ally themselves with the murderous Nazi regime as Futron did. However masterful he may have been teaching French, 
it does not require underlining that over the course of three decades, Futron could easily have been replaced with any other equally talented French master. Here is a prime example from St. Conlet's literature of how a Nazi like Futron can become normalized if given the chance, written by a pivotal staff member of the school. I quote, Louis Futron taught in St. Conlet's from 1957 to 1985, even though a Breton nationalist who claimed he was teaching the language of the invaders, he was renowned for the wonderful French accent he instilled in all his pupils and the high standard of French they all achieved. A strong disciplinarian, he introduced the communicative method long before most schools. There were only two sounds from his classroom, the sound of reel-to-reel -reel French tapes and the repetition by his pupils, or else, total silence. Louis was a philosopher and introduced his students to thought-provoking ideas. He was a keen yin-yangist and regaled his students on the benefit of a macrobiotic diet and bemoaned the poisonous diet of the Irish, especially milk, potatoes, and tomatoes. As a young teacher, he taught me so much how to teach French well, how to handle the disruptive student, but most of all, how to think outside the box. For so many years, I was welcomed by his wife Mora and himself in their house on Bray Head, tasting miso soup, brown rice, and tahini, catching periwinkles, cooking and eating them, learning about the Shinto gods, the Druids, and the Breton movement, for all this, I am so grateful." End of quote. Well, no. Futron was not merely a yin-yangist or a strong disciplinarian. He was a condemned Nazi fugitive, a former SS Oberscharfuhrer who beat his students, a Tarantino caricature Nazi prone to violent tantrums, sentenced to death in Rennes, France, for crimes against Jews and resistance fighters committed by his Waffen-SS unit, Bretonisch Waffenverband der SS, he fled to Ireland under a false name in 1947, where he subsequently was given employment at St. Conlet's for three decades. I have noticed that, perhaps tangentially, as a result of my essay in the New York Review of Books and my lecture at the Jewish Heritage Museum in Manhattan, Futron has now vanished from St. Conlet's literature. But making him disappear is not enough. It would be double-faced of me to question, as I have done, the Vatican, the Swiss state, Argentina, for their hiring and protection of Nazis and not question my own former school for the same sin. It is in this spirit that I appeal to St. Conlitz to publicly apologize for having once upon a not so long ago inflicted this Nazi thug upon its young students, of which 
I was one. I believe that an apology will provide us all an opportunity to heal. It is not easy to speak out, especially after having had to confront a monster such as Futron in childhood. This affects your relationships for the rest of your life. But at some point, something has to give. I do not believe that St. Conlet's today should be judged for deeds in its past. The school acted within the context of its times with a different yardstick than ours, and its actions back then do not reflect upon its current stewards. What St. Conlet's can do, however, is underline the distance it has traveled and apologize for actions that it played no part in, but that were carried out under the name it still bears today. We cannot be judged for the behavior of those who came before us, but that doesn't absolve us today from distancing ourselves from that past. I and others who are waiting to hear the response to this appeal know it will be a difficult step for St. Conlitz. But bear in mind when debating this among the school's board of directors that we, your former students, have had a harder task, not only enduring Futron in childhood, but daring to raise our voice today. The threat of speaking up is that one will be re-victimized, and I am aware that I am putting myself in your hands with this appeal. I trust St. Conlitz will accept it in good faith and respond to it wisely. Sincerely, Uki Gonyi.